0: Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about being transformed by God. Sounds simple, it's not, but it is, all at the same time. These past few weeks, we've been in a series called Living the Mission, and if you haven't heard it, or if you're like, I wasn't here, we have it online, so you can feel all caught up and all a part of everything with everyone else. In these series, Pastor Shannon talked to us and challenged us to really understand the mission and the ministry of Jesus. This mission and ministry wasn't just for his own sake, but for the sake of the capital K, Kingdom of God. We've seen miraculous encounters that Jesus had with the ordinary and even sometimes the less than ordinary societal outcasts. We talked about how God can use any of our unplanned detours to bring glory to His name. We also talked about how stepping out in faith and to look to Jesus not just for our immediate healing, but for our ultimate healing, our, well, our what's it called, our made well, our salvation, the ultimate healing. This missional, radical, loving Jesus is so great and so powerful. We read over and over again the heart of the Father through the life of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit. And it's that same Spirit-empowered, resurrected and restored life that is freely offered to us by the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus. That name, we sing it over and over again, the powerful name, the name of Jesus that can save, the name that can bring healing and hope. We sing songs about the name of Jesus and even have bumper stickers Got tattoos, (laughs) mugs, all of that kind of stuff. But do we actually believe he is the name above all names? Are we actually transformed by that reality? Does this revelation of Jesus transform the way we live, the way we talk, our relationships, or the way we even see one another? Today, I want us to corporately have our hearts stirred once more by the powerful name of Jesus. It is from this inward transformation, when we let God do that, that our lives are subsequently transformed. We talk about mission, and I I know the mission sometimes seems super overwhelming. But when we have our hearts transformed, it's not that overwhelming anymore. It just, it's habit. It flows. It comes out of you. So let's pray today and I won't make you count down because you already did that once <laughs> let's just bow our hearts in prayer this morning God we thank you so much Lord we thank you so much for the immeasurable grace that you've given us that you have given us all we need and so much more you've given us every spiritual blessing under heaven to do what you have called us to do God, you've given us newness and hope and so much more, Lord, that we can just find refuge in your name. We can find strength in your name and we can be transformed by your name. God, we thank you so, so much that you're going to speak to us this morning. And God, that you love us so much that you want to see us never be the same again. (laughs) Thank you, God, that you are the unchanging God. That though you call us to change, You never do, because you are great, and you are perfect, and you are wonderful. Lord, have our hearts stirred for your name again this morning. We thank you, God. Speak to us this morning. All right, so... Get your holy Bibles out. (laughs) Get your holy Bibles out. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. If you don't have your physical Bible here and you want one, you can get one at our information center, okay? That is a thing. Um, We are reading from the New International Version this morning. So if you don't have your physical Bible, you can get out your Bible apps and all of that good stuff. So Jeremiah 10, uh, it's found in the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is kind of like the first big chunk of the Bible. And this is kind of after Psalms. So if you open up your Bible in the middle, it's after that. So keep going, and you will find Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. He was called to the people of the southern kingdom of Judah. During the Babylonian Empire, this is during the same time as those stories we hear of Daniel and people like Ezekiel. They were both in Babylon at the time. So Pastor Shannon already mentioned some of the radical things of Jeremiah kind of at the very beginning. And as we read the story of Jeremiah, there's a lot of stuff that God told him to do, that God told him to speak out to his people. That was pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> Jeremiah was told many times by God to give the people warning that they need to turn back to the one true God. And God, in his mercy, has been so faithful to these people for decades, trying to prepare them because they would be the witness to all nations. God warns Jeremiah that there is a problem with Judah, with the promised people of God. These people, a promise that God brought out of Egypt and delivered them into the promised land. They're Eden. With fertile land and produce, everything was good. God brought them through a lot. But it says in scripture that the people followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. This is in Jeremiah 2.5. In Jeremiah 2.11 it says, But my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. And again, in Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two sins. Slay them out. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. What's the big deal about a jar? Okay, I will tell you. Rainfall was scarce in Israel very scarce. There was a short season that water needed to be gathered and stored. We are not in that season here in Canada. <laughs> having cisterns that were made with plaster were so important because having cisterns that could hold water were essential to fortify cities because it allowed them to withstand siege from enemies. It helped the strength of the city and of the people to withstand from the enemy. I think there's some very distinct parallels we can see here already in painting that context. There is a big problem. Over and over again, God says to and through Jeremiah that the people do not know him. This promised people, the saved of the saved, they don't know him. They don't go looking for him and inevitably will reap disaster upon themselves because they don't know him. So let's read Jeremiah 10, verse 1 to 16. Hear what the Lord says to you, O house of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations, or be terrified by the signs of the sky, though the nations are terrified by them. For the customs of the people are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest, and a craftsman shapes it with a chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so it will not totter. Like a scarecrow in a melon patch, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They can do no harm, nor can they do any good." No one is like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is mighty in power. Who should not revere you, O King of the nations? This is your due. Among all the wise men of the nations and in their kingdoms, there is no one like you. They are all senseless and foolish. They are taught by worthless wooden idols. Hammered silver is brought from Tarshish, and gold. From Ufa, Euphas, That's what it is. <laughs> what the craftsman and goldsmith had made is then dressed in blue and purple, all made by skilled workers. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, the eternal king. When he is angry, the earth trembles, the nations cannot endure his wrath. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Tell them this, these gods who did not make the heavens or the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. But God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. When he he thunders, the waters in the heavens roar. He makes the clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain. He brings out wind from his storehouses. Everyone is senseless and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is shamed by his idols. His images are fraud. They have no breath in them. They are worthless objects of mockery. When their judgment comes, they will perish. He who is the portion of Jacob is not like these. For he is the maker of all things, including Israel, the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord Almighty is his name. Amen. So when I was a kid, alright, this is some throwback. My parents will remember this like yesterday. I was a fan. I I could be a fan of anything. I would know all the facts. I would be a fan. So, there are certain things that were my non-negotiables. Okay, so, Britney Spears, definitely one of them. Okay, baby, one more time. It's great. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys, you know, spreading the love, equality. <laughs> and whew, my all time favorite, yeah, let's see it. The Spice Girls, okay? The Spice Girls. I would find my tribe of friends that would love the Spice Girls too. All right, we would practice our British accents in public, because that's the true test. If someone mistakes you from coming across the pond, practice those British accents and all of that stuff. We were going to be the Spice Girls 2.0. And just so you know, I wanted to be Ginger Spice, okay? Just so, right? Wanted to dye my hair red. I was about it. The shoes, all of it. I think kids are like that today, too. Oh, the things I know of Taylor Swift, of Ariana Grande, Justin Beaver, just to name a few, just because of kids' ministry. I could swear that they knew them face-to-face because of how much they knew, because of how much of a fan they really were. There's a lot of valuable brain space that is taken up now because of that. There were some kids, again, that were just so totally convinced that what they were telling me was like they were their personal BFF. No, 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 but Bieber's supposed to be with Selena, so it's gonna happen, like like they just had that conversation. For many of us, it's not like this anymore. (laughs) For the majority of us, a name means so much. It's where we buy our groceries, okay? People with the most faith in the congregation. Leaf fans, all right? It's the iPhone. Metro, across the street, right, where we buy our chicken. There are some loyalties that we have to brands, to things. We will hang our hat on watching Kyle Lowry dunk that three, right? Like there are so many things that we align ourselves with. And over and over again, so for example, Rogers. When that bill comes in wrong for the third time, We get on that phone. We threaten our loyalty. Well, I will just go to Bell. Ah, I will go to Bell. Or anybody else. All right? We threaten our loyalty right away. And we tell them how easy it is to switch, and how much easier it would be if we switched. There are so many things that fight for our attention. And the moment we see something that we want or that we want to achieve to be like, we quickly align ourselves with those names. And we say we hope and we trust. And we disassociate ourselves with the ones we can't. Well, yeah, how could this be a problem? This is harmless, Pastor Ashley. What is the big deal? You should see my phone bill, <laughs> right? How is, the connect- how is that connected? with being transformed by God. I'm sure the people of Judah thought the same thing. And I have three big points today that will help us see what the big deal is about having a life transformed by God. So our first point is this. We become what we worship. So right away in scripture, Jeremiah is painting this picture of the current condition of the people. They are physically making idols of worship talking about the wood and the gold and adorning it with blue and purple. And the people of Judah didn't start there. They didn't just say, great idea. Let's just go find a tree. Cut it down. Let's make idols. Yeah. No one would be up for that. I wouldn't. Right? You're crazy. Sometimes I read this and think, that is so silly. They were the promised people of God. They knew who they were from the very start. They knew the stories and they witnessed powerful miracles and even powerful destructions. Like, man, that's a loyalty. Sign me up for life. We're good. God is clearly here. However, they've moved on to what we can see as being influenced by surrounding nations. That's the very opening. Do not lean and learn the way of the nations. Generations of terrible leadership of kings and their religions have influenced these people as well to the point that they have chose to do their own thing. Our fandom today of things in the materialistic sense can overtake us in subtle and not so subtle ways. When the people that we choose to model our lives after, and societal standards that we desire to embody outweigh conviction and the sensitivity to scripture and to who God is, then we become just like these people, creating visible and invisible gods we submit to. And all of our, well, I can't live without that. Point number two is this. God desires for us to know him. This is a big point. God desires for us to know him. Jesus, we see Jesus, he's with people. His very name, Emmanuel, God with us. is so significant. God desires for us to know him from the very beginning of being a pillar of fire, to build these temples because I wanna dwell with my people. From Abraham, this is my name, Abraham. This is who I am, being in the garden with Adam and Eve. God desires for us to know him. In Jeremiah 9:24, it says this: But let him who boasts boasts about this: that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. God always desires for us to know him. Jesus later says, I call you friends. Because friends know know their friend's business. And now you know my business. You know everything. I haven't withhold anything from you. Jeremiah 10, 16, in in our focus verse, says this very explicitly. The Lord Almighty is his name. That's not just a fun fact to add a, at the end. Surprise, remember? It's the acknowledgement that there is this living God, that he is real and he is knowable. There are so many descriptors of who God is in just this one little section. And I labeled them all out. In this one section, this one piece of scripture, he is real. He is knowable. Great, mighty in power, king of the nations. No one like him. True, living, eternal, powerful, wise, knows all. Nothing is outside of his power. Not even the unpredictability of the weather. Which was a very popular thought that there were gods for the weather. Creator and knowable. This knowable God sounds so simple. Ah, that can't be it. (laughs) We try and make it more complicated than it is. We go look at, oh no, no, no. It can't be it. It can't be it. It is it. (laughs) Over and over and over again. So what's the big deal? The big deal is this. When we know God, we are transformed by God. Peter walked on water. People who were outcasts were seen as significant. Healings, restorations, I, I, I can't get over it. <laughs> when we know who God is, we have that confidence. Because then we know who we are too. 2 Corinthians 5 is one of my favorite passages of scripture. Such a favorite that I tattooed it on myself to my mother's greatest pleasure, I'm sure. <laughs> didn't tell her to two days after. (laughs) I think it completely encaptures and signifies a life that has been transformed by God. So let's turn, if you want to, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 21 says this. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that the one that died for all, that the one, yeah, convinced that one died for all and therefore all Died, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. From now on, we regard no one in a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, just a dude, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry, gave who? Gave us, all of us, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, Maybe it's not old for some, so I'm sorry if I just insulted you. (laughs) He became sin, he knew no sin. That is this. That wrath that is talked about in Jeremiah. People of Judah just witnessed the northern kingdom, Israel, get totally flattened. They saw physically demise. They saw physically what can happen when people decide to turn. God's Desire is for us to be totally transformed. If that's scary, good. (laughs) But it shouldn't be. When you know who God is, our identity is completely transformed. That word new in this passage isn't just talking about like an addition. I got some new shoes. I got some new whatever. I have this new coffee place I like. It's not like that. It's not an addition to what we're already doing or to a pattern. It means the very substance of your being, the DNA, the thing that we actually can't change, God can. You are entirely different. Only an eternal, living, all-powerful God could birth in us new eternal life. The people were becoming like what they worshipped, the wooden figures that had no breath, no life, We see in Ezekiel, so just to cross-compare, we see in Ezekiel God breathing out and raising up dry bones. Wow. We are transformed by God. In our human brokenness, we do have a tendency to wander. And crave the next big thing. Okay, so like, what's next? Not patience. No, no, that's okay. I don't need that. (laughs) What's next, God? When can I see this? No, no, I want to work on this a newer thing, a bigger thing, things that look favorable to others. Again, maybe it is that new iPhone, a new job, that university that has that name, Western, McMaster, great schools, well sought after, that name brand. We align ourselves to have and to look a certain way for a certain purpose, to produce the kind of results that will get us further ahead or distinguished. I challenge you today that if your walk with Christ isn't producing the kind of fruit you're hoping for in your life peace, joy, kindness, service, humility, generosity that maybe we aren't spending enough time aligning ourselves with God. Because trust me, His Word says that He came to give life to the full, not life to the rules, life to the boring. Life to the full, the adventure. There's so much more. The more we are with God, we know who he is. And the more we know who he is, the more we understand the weight of his great love for us and inside and outside the family of believers. For everyone, not just us. It's this kind of authentic encounter accompanied by the awareness that transforms us from the inside out. So that's a lot of words, so I brought my little friend Joey the pumpkin this morning to help me illustrate a life transformed by God, all right? A lot of you are going to be doing this or have already done this, which is great, but look at Joey, he's kind of a little naked on the front, he's got a little dense, all right, my pumpkin, it's very cold this morning, I wasn't sure whether to bring a pumpkin or a snowman, so yeah, <laughs> but fall, we're in fall, so we're doing a pumpkin, so Empty face, right? So I'm going to bring my notes over, because I did write this, and all the steps, so not to miss any of the steps. So see, the more we open ourselves up to God, so we cut off the top, this is us, opening it up, okay, God, here we go, I'm giving you a shot, one shot, we usually do that, one shot to show yourself, okay, here you go, you got my five minutes in my car drive, there we go, we open ourselves up to God. I guess what? It doesn't stop there. Woo! Okay, I'm open. God's going to start talking to you. He's going to start asking you, hey, what is all of this in your life? Look at all the seeds I put in here, and you've covered it up with goop. So I'm going to take you. Oh, yeah. Get right in there. Okay, I'm going to take you to a whole new level. Look at all of the seeds I planted in your life. Those people that spoke over you when you were very young at that church service that said, you are gonna be a world changer. And what happened? Well, I let the world change me. Okay, well, we gotta pick all of that out. And look at this, no one likes doing this. Like, no one, absolutely no one. (laughs) God does. He will sit there and pull apart all the gross, goopy stuff and make sure all the good seeds remain and grow and flourish. He begins to work in us, pruning us, taking out the bad, the ugly, and our best, and replacing it with his good and his best. Thanks, all the seeds. That's enough. (laughs) He begins to shape us. The moment we are this open, we are now a vessel. In Corinthians, it talks about being a vessel, a treasure in a jar of clay. He can begin to shape us, to genuinely say, look, you have a heart of stone right now. That t- every time that collection plate comes around, you squinch. <laughs> every time you have to pass that coworker and they start saying, oh, another day, and you're like, oh, no, he's having a great day. Not your, not your lack of joy. Come on, I'm so full of joy. Yeah, for a reason. He carves us out. He says, listen, I want to make a way for you. I want to show you who you really are. This is us being able to stand firm against the attacks of the enemy, all of them, and the testings that we go through. Then we serve for the kingdom. Out of a heart transformed, you can't help but serve for his kingdom purposes, being totally and coming alive again so that we can all there you go look at my little joey here you go so we can all shine out the light of jesus in the darkest corners of the world very simple but i hope that when you walk by some pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns right that you can see very much so that before yeah we can be open to god but now nothing's coming out because we're not letting him transform us entirely. Yeah, we're letting knowledge go in. Yeah, we're letting people maybe start coming into our lives. Maybe we started going to a small group. But we haven't actually let God do this process that no one likes. (laughs) But you can look back and say, wow, I've come a long way. (laughs) Wow, look at where I was a year ago. Look at where I was three years ago. Look at where I was 10 years ago. Hello. That's a long ways away. But God is patient with us. And this can start at any moment and doesn't have to stop. We are a big pumpkin, folks. We got a lot of guts and seeds that need to be planted, replanted, taken out, and all of that stuff. I should tell you about some of mine <laughs> and leave Joey facing you guys. <laughs> so maybe you've heard a similar message before. But it was a message like this, that God really stirred in my heart, mission, mission for his kids, kids that are so impressionable, they're just searching for a role model, someone to look up to and be like, yeah, that's who I want to be, God began to convict my spirit, he said, these are my precious little lambs, thank you, thank you. And then you get friends that come along and help clean up your mess. (laughs) There we go. Amen. Thanks, Pastor (laughs) Lindsay. He said that these kids are my precious little lamps. Imagine what could happen now if they knew me, if they all knew me, transformed by my word, transformed by an encounter with me. These are world changers right here. Don't wait until they're older to impact their lives. You have an either, even bigger impact now. That's what he said to me. I was so convicted. I remember walking in, I'm like, God, kids, really? Like, why? Like, I, I walked into Bible college, I'm like, I'm not going to do two things, okay? I'm not going to sing in front of anybody. And I'm not going to do kids ministry. Like, it's okay. And then something happened. Third year, sitting there, boom, like a, like a ton of bricks. God, okay, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And he showed me. He opened an opportunity, and he said, walk in it. Okay, I'll walk in it. And wow, I was weeping after he said this to me. We heard the testimony of Carlene up here when she was leading worship, that at the age of three, she gave her life to Jesus. And we are so blessed by your ministry. Thank God for her. God can transform anyone at any age. Amen? I look at these kids here. I look at the kids in the mall, kids with a lot of need and kids with barely any physical needs. And I, I look at them the same and how much God can change a life. And the kids shall lead them, right? My parents are here. And this morning, God said, did you ever think you'd be the one speaking some of the words they told you back to them? (laughs) No. (laughs) Maybe you don't have kids. But one day, those kids are going to be our leaders in our governments, in our hospitals, in our churches, speaking the word, carrying the ministry out. This past Wednesday at Kids Night Out, I was sitting in on a conversation. And one little girl, she's eight, She said, oh, I have another prayer request. Can you help? Can you just pray that God would help us spread the light of his gospel? Because sometimes it's hard. It's hard to tell people. At eight, I didn't say that at eight. I said, could you tell God to make sure my parents get me these things for Christmas? I was not like her. But already she has an awareness of the mission because she knows who God is. She knows that God has gripped her heart so young already that right now she can start to impact and change lives. Jesus, he left us uh, the Holy Spirit to be able to be his hands and his feet, to be his mouthpiece, to show people the love of God tangibly. I know I wouldn't be here where I am today and I by no means have arrived to my glorified state. But I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the people that took the time, that had their hearts transformed by God, to pour into my life, to help me with this seed and goopy problem. If I needed that in the time that I grew up, how much more do these kids? The harvest is ready. These kids, these world changers are precious to God and need the type of family that are aligned with God, transformed by him, and can speak life. Our world would look so much different if a lot of people knew that they were loved. Our world would look a lot different if a lot of people knew someone cared when you were crying, if someone cared when you were going through that. If there is a solid foundation you can stand upon and be steady, that when the waves come, you're not moving because you know there's someone coming back for you. You know there is a destination in mind. You know that heaven is on earth. The kingdom of heaven is here. That it's possible. That healing is possible. That relationship, true relationships are possible. so easy. It's so easy to just... Know it. But when we walk in the confidence of who God is, we are aware of who He's transformed us to be, who we were always meant to be. And we can walk in mission. We can walk in those things. We can see healing happen and be a witness to miraculous things of God. We can see dry bones come to life. We can see marriages restored. We can see kids. Know their worth in Christ, so much so that they're pushing for change. Hey, when that rule in school came, when you could not eat in class, I changed that rule. (laughs) There are so many things that we, like especially teenagers, kids, we stand our stakes on. I will die on this hill. Can't tell me not to eat in class, but it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. It's for nothing. But when our hearts are transformed and shaken up like a glow stick for God, burning so brightly, your heart begins to bend for the things that make God's heart bend. For those that are falling in between the cracks, if you catch yourself saying, no one's doing this. Why is no one doing this? Why does no one care about this? Why, because have I not sent you? Has he not called you for such time as this? There's only ever going to be one of you. For millions and millions of years, there's only ever going to be one of you. And God called you, equipped you, put you in the family you're in, put you in the job you're in to do those things, to be empowered by him, to know him, to trust him, to lean on him, not on circumstances, not on people but to him for our ultimate salvation, our ultimate mission, our ultimate purpose, our ultimate approval. There's a lot of people in this room that are spirit-empowered people. I I feel it in worship when we come corporately together like that. There is a lot of people in this room that your heart is already shaken up for Jesus. But to take it outside the walls and the mission requires heart-transformed to be aware of what I'm worshiping, to say what I can't live without and what I can live without. We begin to look and sound more like Jesus because we've been with him. Parents used to catch me all the time. Hey, where'd you learn that? Why are you saying that? Who taught you that? (laughs) Because I used to hang out with friends that would talk that way or do things a certain way or dress a certain way. We become more like Jesus because we've been with him and we know him and no other thing can compare. It's from the inside. And it's not by our strength or our wisdom or our convincing words or our great past that makes us qualified to accomplish that mission. It's a transformed heart and a yielded heart before God. it's only then that we can really say what Jeremiah says. No one is like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is mighty in power. This is not the God you picture. You're like, that's a a little outrageous. Then today is for you. Today is to really discover who Jesus is. Who is this great and mighty name? I remember being in worship as a middle schooler and watching people with their hands raised and eyes closed and crying and speaking out in tongues and just going for it. I remember saying to my mom, I don't get it. I don't understand. And it was only when I stopped and let God do this. Opened myself up to who God was. With the very little that I could give. My worship didn't look like this and loud and... No, with the very little that I could give. Slowly he began to transform my heart to understand him. Gentle and patient and kind and Giving. Slowly, he began to transform me. I got to see him more clearly for myself. Not just but what I saw that was going on with everyone else, but for myself. And I know now that there's still work that needs to be done in me. That I still need to go to him. That I still need to have my heart transformed over and over and over and over again in that refining process. So today I'm asking those who maybe feel out of alignment with God, the one true God, to go back, to seek him today. If your life on the inside is not reflecting the faith you profess on the outside, you need to go back. You need to seek your first love and let God transform you and don't rush this moment here. If you are here and you want to align yourself for the very first time, to be so brave to pray with someone here on our prayer team and turn your life over from worthless things, God loves you. You don't have to strive for his love. He doesn't care what you look like. There are so many things we strive for, but God's love is a done deal. He made the covenant way back when on his unchanging name. He's been after your heart for a real long time and he's not gonna stop now. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come up to the front and we will be here, I'll be here too, to pray with you today. And as we worship one more time, let these words not be wasted. Let the words that we sing remind us of the mighty powerful, one true living God that we serve so that we can be more like him, so that others may truly know him. It's not over yet. You're not out of time. You got today. You got your next breath right now. You're taking it. There's kingdom work to be done, and it starts with us, with the family of God extending their tent pegs, extending their hands, multiplying themselves, So come out of your seats today, if you wish to receive prayer, to give your life story over to God, to be transformed by God, to be aligned with God. Because now, today is the day of salvation. The harvest is ready. God's not scared by this. He's not scared by this. He's not surprised. He already knows. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you need. He knows your walk. Time for us to know his walk and his talk. There is work to be done. The Holy Spirit is here, lives in you. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives in you. It's a gift. I'm going to call you out of your seats today. Be so brave, be so bold. Yeah, my heart needs to be transformed right now. Change is scary, but it's not when you know who's doing the changing. It's not when you have confidence in the name that is above all names, that still calls the wind and the waves, that is present, that is God with us, that will never forsake us or leave us, that is strong tower. That's who is changing you. Love and gracious, patient, everlasting, that is who